and welcome to the 12th episode of Alphabet My Life. These weeks go by so quickly. Hi. Hi. I'm not invisible, you know. You're sat right in front of me. How could you be invisible? Well, you know. I've literally just said hello and welcome to the show. And you've... Hi, this is John. And this is Emma. There you go. Welcome Thanks. to the 12th episode. Oh, you're feisty today, are I you? I am feisty today. God, what's happened? Because literally, I just... I know you just cooked a lovely meal and everything. And I it's did. And it's usually my job to tidy up. Yeah. And I've just scrubbed the whole kitchen and I've gone in there and there's coriander leaves everywhere and wet. We didn't even have coriander with tea. You've just cut some off a bunch to take next door, love. Oh, I just, yeah, I pulled them out of the pot to take them to the next door. Yeah. 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 Well, there was some, I dropped some leaves today. Yeah, you did. It's a clean kitchen when I left there. <laughs> it's just a couple of leaves. Shut just because you don't like coriander. So, yeah, coriander's a weird thing. You either, It's like Marmite. Love it or hate it. Apparently, people that hate it think it tastes of soap. But I love it. I can just eat a, a bunch of coriander, as can one of our neighbours. So I've, that's why I took some around. Anyway, enough of being feisty. It's podcast time. We're going to talk about the ABCs of it, right up to the XYZs of it, the hardships and sometimes the E's of it. Dub the I's and cross the T's of it. Welcome to Alphabet My Life with me, John Courtney, and my wife, Emma. It's the letter L. Now then, we had a number of options, didn't we? Yes. I watched Your it. options were lesbians or lesbians. Well, we're not talking about lesbians. I think lesbians deserve to be talked about. I don't. Well, we could also do Legends of Variety because we should get a little plug in here. The the, the uh, press launch was yesterday and it just came out in the in the press today. Um, so this is not the subject of the podcast, but if you fancy coming to see a good old-fashioned variety show bought bang up to date but with some real veterans of variety... Um, I'm touring with them. We've got some dates around the UK. Legendsofvariety.com, I think. Freddie Parrotface Davis. Bernie Clifton. He used to ride the ostrich. He's not doing that anymore. Tommy Cannon of Cannon and Ball fame. I'm really excited to work with Tommy. He's 85 years old and still going strong. And we did a great press launch the other day. And we got the first... The opening night is going to be in Bradford on the 18th uh, of May, which is next Thursday, I think. Um... Yeah, but we've got some dates around the country, so that was another possibility, L for Legends of Variety. But no, we settled on London. London is London, is anyone in doubt about it? London. You don't know that song? You're from down south. Why are you doing a really shit London accent? Because I haven't, it's Cockney, isn't it? London, you sound like an old man. London, London is London. London. Yeah, it's Cockney, isn't it, mate? Yeah, but they don't all sound old. It wasn't old, it was just my London accent, mate. All right, yeah, London. Well, why are you making it sound old? I'm not. You London did, you is London. London is London. Quite tuneful for you. Um, Shut up. <laughs> you never actually visited London until we were to get... I was amazed. Being a southerner and going there all the time, it doesn't occur to me that people... When you're in, up north, why would you want to go down to London? Well, it just because it, it's the capital city of our country. Why? No. I, I thought maybe you'd have a school trip there or something to go and see... Something that's, you know, museums or something that's the going on. The furthest I ever went with school was to Blackpool. That's so sad. Can you imagine taking a, a coach full of kids to London? Yeah, I used to do school trips to London all the time. Yeah, how many of you were there? 30 sometimes, 30 or 40. And how old were you? All ages. Started at 11 up to 16, 17. No, I'm, we didn't really do school trips in secondary school. Oh, we did. It didn't. was all infants and primary school. That's why we went to Blackpool. We used to go. We used to go and listen to the combined bands of the armed forces at the Royal Albert Hall. Well, there you go. 
<laughs> it was really cool. Not cool, but it was really good. Yeah, it really wasn't cool. It wasn't cool, but it was it was really good. No, and we used to we did the um Imperial War Museum. That's really good. We did that on a couple of school trips as well. Because I, because I was at a boarding yeah, a there's military a war museum school. up in Manchester. Why did you need to go all the way down south? Because we were down south. That's where my school oh, was. Well, there you go. Right. I'm just saying it's weird that it costs too much. In my head, it was weird that you you'd never gone to the the capital city of your country when it was only two hours two hours away on a train. Yeah, who's going to take me? I don't know. Your mum, your dad. With the five your, of us. You okay? Anyway, you've been now. You were um, an only child. Shut up. I could do this podcast on my own. Don't need you. You sound like a ventriloquist when the puppet says, "I can do this on my own," and then he walks off and nothing happens. <laughs> We both like London, don't we? We've had some interesting times there. Oh, I think lots of lovely, interesting. We times. did a we did a re- <laughs> we did a really cool cruise once on a seaborne ship, and it was. <laughs> I wouldn't docked. say I wouldn't call the seaborne ship cool. That was a cool experience. It, yeah, it was, it was. It was a cool experience. It, it it left from the Thames. We we docked opposite the Tower of London, and we joined it. They opened Tower Bridge for us, and we went under Tower Bridge while we were oh, sat in the jacuzzi. Oh, and everyone, there was loads of people all waving, wasn't there? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was nice. And we were sat in the jacuzzi at the front of the ship. Yeah. Um, and that was the day after you tried to snog a beef eater. Which I was, didn't try we, to snog him. Oh, so embarrassing. Went to see the Crown Jewels and did the Tower of London tour, which I'd never done. That is a weird thing. When you live somewhere or you work, and I was working in London a lot when I was younger... I was like busking in Covent Garden, but you don't do the tourist stuff. You don't go out and do any of the tourist stuff. And I remember when we were at Sina, London, baby, London, baby. Yes, um, a friend of mine came from the ships to visit me at Sina Warren, and she she said, "I really want to go to London." So I said, "Okay," and she wanted to do all the tourist stuff, and I was like, "Oh God, that's you know," and it was really cool because I'd never done it all. I'd been there so many times, but I'd never done the London Dungeons or Tower of London, all that sort of stuff. Right, but, let's get on with some facts. Um, there are so many. It, it's it's it, it, the history of London. I mean, it used to be called London, London, Londonium, Londonium, Londoninium. I can't remember. Was that back in the Tudor times? Romans, Romans, oh. Romans called it Londinium, Londinium. That was what it was called, um, and then it got shortened to to London. But yeah, we've we have got a few facts about. Well, we'll talk about the because we watched that program, The Tower of London. That was really good, wasn't it? The history of the Tower of London. Yeah, I love the Tower of London. And there's a there's a legend that the tower that London will fall if there aren't at least six ravens in residence at the Tower of London at any at any given time. Well, that's rubbish, isn't it? I I don't know where that comes from, but there are there have been ravens in the tower for how long? Since it since it began. And there's a keeper of the ravens. His job is to just look after the ravens. Yeah, and the cheeky little buggers. Yeah. They've got little characters, and that's been going on since since Tudor times, isn't it? So, London Zoo used to be in the Tower of London. I love this. So, back in the early 18th century, London Zoo was in the Tower of London, and they let you in for free, providing you bought a cat or a dog to feed to the lions. That's horrible. <laughs> I know. 18th century London, they were so mean. You, I mean, I presume you just you just found a, a wild cat or dog. You wouldn't just bring a pet. Oh, should we go? To- Tell your kids, should we go to the zoo today? Bring Fido, come on. <laughs> and then he gets... Where's gets, the dog, Daddy? Gets thrown, Never mind, let's go. Gets thrown to the lions. That's really tight. <laughs> have you got an interesting fact about London? I have. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> the only road on which we don't drive on the left in the UK is the small road leading from the Savoy to the Strand. To the Strand, yeah. And back again. Yeah, right. The road layout means it's much more efficient way to drive. And it's a, it's a tiny little road. 
But, I mean, I haven't actually driven down it, but I don't know how it works. All of a sudden, you're driving on the left, and then you turn onto this road, and you drive on the right. Weird. I know. I want to check that out now. Next time we go to London, I'm going to go and find that. You're not going to drive into London? No, I try and avoid it. Yeah, nobody wants to drive into London. I went on my motorbike. That was uh, that was interesting. I came back on the motorbike when you're weaving through the traffic. That was exciting, to put a word you on it. You've got to watch all the Uber drivers, though, and the uh, Uber Eats people on their stupid bikes. Yeah, just with the doing learner. what they want. Yeah, just learners. No, haven't, haven't passed the test. Um, unlike the cabbies, my nephew's a cabbie. Um, I don't know if Neil listens to this. My nephew, Neil. Has all actually, right, Neil. All right, mate. See, all right, right, now you're doing a bad Cockney accent. Yeah, but I'm not doing... It's not a bad... Co- it's just the taking the piss Cockney accent, but I don't sound like an old woman. Yeah, so Neil's a, a, a cabbie, a black cabbie, a black cab, not a black cabbie, a black cab driver. Oh, he's quite pale, actually. Um, and uh, they have to do the knowledge to drive a cab in London, which means it takes two to three years of, of training to learn the knowledge. You have to learn every single route in London, an alternative route, So, which is mad nowadays. Well, it's mad as well because it's changing constantly with roadworks exactly, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And then you've got the foreigners driving the Ubers with with sat-navs who have never done a day's knowledge in their lives, um, putting the black cab drivers out of work. Um, and also, if you are, you've got to know the the road names. So let's let's talk rude road names. They, they've changed a lot. Um, Cock Lane is still there, and I thought maybe it had something to do with cockerels, but no, it's actually about penises. It's in Farringdon, and it it was the only street in London that used to be licensed for prostitutes. It okay. also had a lot of brothels, and it was called Cock Lane. Brilliant! But they got rid of a lot of names because some of them are too rude. We've got we. They, they I used wonder to be... why it wasn't called Vagina Lane. Vagina Lane. That sounds like a kids' show. Welcome to Vagina Lane. No, <laughs> there was. We've got rid of Pissing Alley. I we presume. got rid of it. Yeah, changed the name. Why was there an alley called Pissing Alley? I presumably because everybody used to piss down there, so they oh, called it well, Pissing Alley. Stunning. It was actually called Pissing Alley. There was Shiteburn Lane. Nice. Don't know what happened there. And Grope Cunt Lane. What? Yep. There was actually a lane called Grope Cunt, and we changed it because I presume that was like there was probably more prostitutes and stuff. But literally, they, there's nothing clever about the names of the roads. It was they were just named after, I mean, Cock Lane because that's where the hookers hung out. So, yeah, weird, huh? So you got to learn all the road names, and there are some strange ones in Londinium. How about the gin? Do you know about the gin craze? This is this is madness. I didn't know about this until I was doing a bit of research for the podcast. But um, but it's a long time as well, like thirty years between seventeen twenty and seventeen fifty one. It's a little known fact about London that the city officially went through a period called the gin craze. Too many too, too many people were making too much gin, um, and the average consumption of gin was two pints a week for every person in the city, including children. Including children. Including children. Yeah. Have you not seen that famous picture of the the? I think it's called Gin Alley actually, and it's a, it's showing destitution and prostitution and people drinking gin. And uh, yeah, the gin for th- about thirty years, London went through the gin craze. Two pints of gin a week. It's a lot of gin. You don't like gin, do you? No, it's horrible. You wouldn't have wanted to be in London during between seventeen twenty and seventeen fifty one. No, I wouldn't. Lots of gin. Yeah, you um, you're a bit obsessed at the minute with the uh, mudlarking, aren't you? You're watching all the programs about mudlarking. I'm really, mudlarking really on obsessed the, with mudlarking. On the Thames. So mudlarking is when you basically have a little look through the mud and the and the foreshore of the River Thames. So when the water recedes and goes out, the tide goes out, and there are gems to be found. Mm. All and, sorts. and bones and bodies and. I mean, you can find things that have been washed up 
on the shore from the Thames that date back to the dinosaurs. Mm. That's how far back. Yeah. And I'm on a group on Facebook, the mudlarking group on Facebook, and people post pictures of things that they've found and the stuff that people find. It, it's just ridiculous. I mean, like old Edwardian leather shoes and people have found um, bones, human bones, these coins and these brooches and there's just absolutely but all you're, sorts. you're getting frustrated because you can't get a license it's hard to get yeah a license. you've got to get a get... permit you've got to have a permit to be allowed to go and have a look and have a mooch on the shore and um they're not available at the minute because there's too many out there there's too many people mudlarking at the minute it's kind of good that they control it but if you have a little google and look up mudlarking um london is it, i i'm i'm dying to go and have a little mooch around i mean the stuff that people find is just amazing Oh, I really want to do it, babe. I know. At the I'm minute, you're just as well. you're living vicariously through your Facebook group, but I am. Yeah, I used to. I used to work in Covent Garden. I used to busk in Covent Garden. We know, darling. Who's we? You Podca- already said that. Okay. Um, when I was young, I was only about seventeen. I used to live with my sister in Watford, and I used to get the train in. I used to go busking in Covent Garden, um, and Covent Garden's interesting. Interesting. It's a it's private land, but yeah, it used to be a giant, just a giant fruit and veg market years ago and now it's famous for all the buskers my friend pete was the youngest ever busker in common garden how was, old was he then i think he was 16 when he started doing it it's in the movie all i want is a room somewhere yeah. what's the movie yeah and the flower cellars there and everything but it's a it's a it's one of it's one of my favorite parts of london if i'd go to london i always just go and hang out in Covent garden for a bit and pay 12 pounds for a coffee because that's what you do when you're in <laughs> Covent garden it's ridiculous no, you take a flask Let's talk about the plague. Love the plague. Because, wow. <laughs> wow. Just brilliant. I love reading about it. I know, the, the history of it is, is amazing. It's, it killed more than 100,000 victims in one year alone. 1665 was the height of the, pre- the plague. It was a good year for the plague. More than 100,000 victims in that one year. And then, just around the same time, they had the Great Fire. Burned for four days and four nights, destroyed over 13,000 houses, 80 churches, and made over 100,000 people homeless. So they had the plague and the Great Fire, because most of the houses and the buildings were made of wood at the time. Um, there, there is a tour that I want to do in London. You can do a tour of what still exists from before the Great Fire. They'll take you around the buildings and stuff, because not much of London survived it. But there are buildings and yeah, areas. Yeah, they're all thatched roofs and mainly thatched wood roofs and, and wood stuff, and really close they? together, so the fire just yeah, spread, spread, yeah. spread like wildfire. Um, so yeah, you can do a tour and go and see all the places that that live. Um, but here's what I'm getting to: Aldgate Underground Station was built on what had previously been a mass grave for people who died from the plague, and there's more than a thousand corpses underneath the station. Right. So there were stretchers, there were stretchers. So in the wit, in the wits, in the blitz, in the war, mm. um, in London. There'd be metal um, stretchers and yes, there'd be like is... a mesh and then they'd have like a little handle on both ends for people to just chuck bodies on and, and run them out of the burning buildings and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the war, they used the stretchers to build um, fences around some of the um, buildings in London. So if you're in London, you can look out for these fences and they're actually made up of these stretchers um, that carried people out of burning buildings in the Blitz. That was in a, that was in a documentary. It's very, yeah, it's it was great. You're showing me a picture, but that's not going to translate. I'm showing. Sure I'm just podcast. showing you. No, it's cool. I've seen it. Yeah, it's very good. Did you know it's against the law to feed the pigeons in Trafalgar Square? 
Only since 2003. It was getting so oh, bad. Oh, so it's that, a recent thing. Yeah, Ken Livingstone, the former mayor, made it illegal to feed them because it was getting so bad. Which also, we where else did they make it illegal to feed the pigeons? In Venice. In Venice. And why did they do it? Because of Elton John. Because of Elton John. Yes, we know that because we were there. I love feeding the pigeons. You'd buy got, a big bag of corn. Yeah, we got great photos of us just covered, covered in pigeons. Covered in pigeons yeah. and pigeon shit. I got shit on on my wedding day for a pigeon. And it wasn't just pigeon shit. It wasn't just the poo. It was a smelly green it was and a, brown. It was a poorly pigeon. It was pigeon. really poorly, that pigeon. But and it, it was, is very good luck to be shit and on. I mean, how many layers of mesh were on the front of my wedding dress and this seeped through? Oh, oh. Yeah, it, <laughs> it did. But it's, apparently it's very good luck. Yeah. To get shit on on your wedding day by a bird. Well, just to get shit on is good luck. But to get shit on on your wedding day, it's got to be the opposite, hasn't it? I got shit on outside um, Zara in, in Lisbon in Portugal. And the shit, a big shit on my shoulder from this bird. I mean, I felt it. It hit me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she was really pretty too. It really took me by surprise. <laughs> I um, for that. <laughs> it's the old, it's the joke in it. The two the two punk rockers, and for some reason they're on a beach and they're looking up at the seagulls. And one punk says, "The other punk, what would you do if a bird shot on your head?" And the other punk says, "I don't think I'd go out with her again." <laughs> um, yeah, this bird shit on my shoulder, so I nipped into Zara. And I said, uh, I said, I've got to buy another shirt, please. Because, I mean, I was literally, my whole shoulder and arm was covered. And the guy in this broken Portuguese English said, uh, oh, very, very good luck to be shit on. I said, well, it's good luck for you, isn't it? Because I was shot on outside your shop and now I've got to buy a new shirt. So you've made some money. That's the only person I can see getting good luck from being shit on by a bird. Um, yeah, so Elton John was coming to perform in Venice um, just after we were there, wasn't it? It was like, we just missed him. Yep. Um and uh, he was—he complained, or his people complained, that the pigeons would cause problems for the concert. So they—they uh, they made it illegal to feed them, and within a couple of weeks, all the pigeons had buggered off. Buggered off, mate. And Elton did his show without being shit on by a pigeon. Yeah, that's Venice. We, we're gonna Do you know what? If I was a pigeon, I'd just come flying back and shit on his head, just out of spite. Yep. Yeah. And did you know birds don't we? They're wee and their poo, it's all in one. That's why it's a bit slimy. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Did you know that fact? I didn't. I, I, yeah, I birds don't wee. It hadn't occurred to me why you don't get pissed on by a bird. Yeah. You don't, you just it's get just shit poo. on. Yeah. yeah, all comes out in one. What was that That poem my dad used to tell me? But, um, birdie, birdie, flying high, dropped a present from the sky. My, said the farmer, wiping his eye, aren't I lucky cows don't fly? Oh, isn't that nice? I just remember that. Um, so your dad was a did a little song about pooing. Yeah. And my dad was a little song about peeing. What was, Ooh, your, what was, what was your dad's peeing song? Surprise, surprise. Oh yeah, we did that in the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah, our dads were very similar. Yours was all about piss. Mine was all about poo. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I did actually know this when I was looking up stuff for the podcast, but the the heart of London, the city, what's called the city of London, mm. is only one square mile. And it's always only ever been one square mile. Actual London's got a population of over 8 million people and it covers over 3,000 square miles. But the city, the heart of London, is just one square mile. And it's called The Mile. This was only revoked in like 1980. Um, all banks operating in the city had to be within a 10 minute walk of the Bank of England. Any bank operating in London had to be 10 minutes walk from the Bank of England so the governor of the Bank of England could call an emergency meeting and have everyone get there within half an hour. 
on foot. And it was only it, that was only changed in 1980 in our lifetime. So mm-hmm. now banks are obviously everywhere. But that only happened 30 odd years ago. Or oh, with the RBS, you're only online. Yeah, that's more of a recent thing, shutting all the RBS banks. I only have one more fact. Do you want to hear my last fact? Oh, go on then. Each year, the buses on London's transport system drive over 300 million miles, which when you add it up is more than 12 times around the earth. Wow. Every year, the buses drive that distance. I mean, that's that's mad. That's that, that I had to read that twice when I, I learned that. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? So, um, we've had good times in London. We've had uh, I've, I I I got I got robbed in London when I was younger. That wasn't a good time then. It wasn't a good time, but you know, my friend Pete's strapline for his show is um, saying he's a comedy juggler, and his strapline is saying Pete is just another juggler is like saying London is just another city. And I always liked that because you know he used to live in London too, and um, it is. It's, it's just too fast paced. I mean, it's too spread out. That's <sighs> the, that's the problem with it. It's too you can't just visit London and walk around like Venice, even Manchester. You can you can pretty much walk around Manchester yeah, in a day. Yeah, yeah, you can't walk around the whole of London in a no. day. No, it's, it's just out. too many people all crammed in there. Do you know? I'm I'm frantically trying to find the details of this London because I about the London Underground, the map. Do you know about this? This is so cool. The original map, I mean, this is a visual thing, so you'll have to just, uh, if you're listening, just look this up because it's incredible. I told you you'd be belching through this podcast. I know, we had such a huge dinner. Chicken dinner, and then he had seconds, then he had thirds. Oh, so I didn't have lunch, though. I was so hungry. I made it, I can eat it. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) That was London. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up, mate. Um, So, yeah, the original map of London, of the underground, showed where the actual trains were going. And it just looked like somebody dropped spaghetti onto a onto a picture, and it was so confusing. And this absolute genius, a guy called Harry Beck, and this was in 1933, came up with this idea, and he said, "Do you know what? We don't need to know where they're actually going because you get on in one station, you get off at another station. You don't mm. need to know whether you've gone north, south, east, or west. You just know where you're getting on and getting off." And he created what we know now as the London Underground map, which bears no relevance to where the actual tra- tracks are going. It's just simplified so that you can look at it. I mean, talk about thinking outside the box. I think that's so clever. And we take it for granted nowadays that that's the map of the London Underground. But until then, I mean, if you go online, if you go on Wikipedia, there's a there's a, a link. I'm looking at it now. It's 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 mad. The original map of the London Underground. It's like they've tried to color coordinate it, color cord color coordinate it, and it's just just yeah, just Google original London Underground map. It's ridiculous. And then this guy came up with the idea of just making it simpler. And I th- that's really cool. I did. So when I used to go and visit my sister, when I, was, when I was living in Watford and I was working in Covent Garden, my nephews used to take me to London because they used to go into London every week and they used to go clubbing and whatever. So they knew London really well and I didn't. So we jumped on, jumped on the bus. I don't know if it's still the same. I, th- I think you've still got the the open corner buses in London. They might have changed and made them safe no, or whatever. No, I think you just literally jump on, don't you? Yeah, and it, the, the back corner is open. It's only in London you've got these buses. It's yeah. just a, a pole and you jump on and jump off. And we, we jumped on somewhere and we, we paid for our fare and then we were going to go to Madame Tussauds. I remember this. I was, I was probably about 15 at the time. And we went round the corner and I saw Madame Tussauds and I said to my two nephews, I went, quick, it's there, it's there. We have to get off here. And they went, no, no, don't worry. The the next stop is just down the road. And I didn't, because I'm standing by this open door, and I didn't realise how fast we were going. I mean, it didn't seem like we were going that fast until I jumped off 
You idiot. <laughs> and I kept going at the same speed that the bus was. And of course, my legs couldn't. We were doing about 35 miles an hour. <laughs> and my legs started it's like a little cartoon. My legs started going thinking they could keep up. But I was going so fast that I just bailed. I mean, head over heels and rolled down the street. Stuff in my pockets flew all over the road. And I scraped all my arm and my legs. And my nephews got off the bus when it stopped. And they were pissing themselves so much they could barely help me up. That's how much they love me. Yeah, we're so different when it comes to London. See, I just want to get back home. Like Alfie does a lot of castings. He's with a, an agency. So he's got, he has a lot of castings down in London. So we jump on the train. We get to London. I get on my Google Maps. I find the place where he's got his casting. He does his audition. We get back to the station and we jump on the train. We come home. But if you take him to a casting in London, we're in London. What shall we do while we're here? We stay there. Let's go and see once. a show. Let's go and have food. Let's have a little wander around. We'll stay over. We'll go in a hotel. Da, da, da. So we've had some good times in London. We have some very good times in London. Yeah. Can't talk about all the good times we've had in London. Well, we can, but you won't let me. No, Jonathan. No, Jonathan. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, this has been episode 12 of Alphabet My Life. Um, letter L. We're going to be back next week with the letter M. It's going to be Magicians. Ooh. Which my wife is very excited about because she so loves, excited. she loves magic and magicians. I used to do it and I tried to, I used, I, I used to learn magic to try and meet women. I, I thought if I could do magic tricks, then I can, I can chat girls up. It never really worked with you, did it? I don't understand why you would think that. I don't what know. What girl have you gone up to and gone, do you want to see a magic trick? Well, can I feel your tits? Wow. First of all, I never did it in that voice, and that's not that wasn't my line. Anyway, we'll talk about it next week. This is going to be a fun chat, isn't it? All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been John. And Emma. And this is Alphabet My Life. Take care. Chat to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of Alphabet My Life with John Courtney and Emma Young. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review. Thanks for listening.